hundred days of broken promises to working people, a hundred days of handouts to the wealthiest people in our country. MS-13 motto is kill, rape, and control. Our motto is going to be justice for victims and consequences for criminals. We all took an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, and that means defending the Second Amendment. It's time to make America great again. Join the movement. Caruso, the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, Friday, the 28th of April. Welcome to the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast on iTunes on neilacaruso.com. Pleasure to be with you. As always, apologize for not having a podcast yesterday, but uh, sometimes uh, life gets in the way. But uh, we are back uh, for another uh, big league edition of the show and ahead of um, the live streaming show Sunday where we will uh, break down the first 100 days of the Trump presidency. We have a lot planned for that, so we hope you can join us. That's at uh, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on elacaruso.com and uh, for that, we'll be on camera, so you can uh, tune in. Uh, also, seems like we'll have uh, a member of the College Democrats at UC Berkeley, interestingly enough, after this past week of uh, free speech, a dark week for free speech and culture prevented from speaking. So I want to get inside the mind of a college liberal. I don't know if he's a snowflake. We'll find out. Um, but hopefully we have a good, productive uh, debate on the show on Sunday, so uh, he'll be on, uh, and we'll uh, we'll have a good show for you on Sunday to go through the details of uh, the Trumps. Trumps first hundred days, a lot of accomplishments. Um, there have been some challenges. We'll cover it all for you and break it down for you. Uh, we're on day ninety nine today, and uh, this evening a missile uh, test uh, by North Korea again. Uh, so North Korea launched a ballistic missile. Uh, today, Friday, but the missile uh, broke up in flight over the peninsula and has been deemed a failure. It um, it was a KN-17 Scud missile, flew roughly 25 miles, it was in the air for about 15 minutes, uh, launched by North Korea. This is now the sixth missile test in 2017. They've averaged a test every 12 and a half days since the first test of the year came on February 12th. Um, this North Korean missile was headed towards Japan. It was broken up and never reached the Sea of Japan. Uh, very scary situation there. President Trump uh, tonight is saying that uh, it is uh, discouraging. Uh, the word that he used, what was the word that he used? Um, I mean, regardless, it's been a uh, you know an eye-opener to deal with this foreign policy and not only that, but China's got to step up. Uh, president Trump has been calling on now his friend, the Chinese President Xi Jinping, uh, to step up. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, it seems like the president has a good relationship with him in trying to um, to uh, get at um, uh, North Korea, make sure that we don't have uh, loss of life in our country and a nuclear war. Uh, president Trump here, he tweeted uh, about an hour as we're uh, reading the as we are doing the podcast an hour ago um, so about uh, 720 or so Trump tweeted North Korea disrespected the wishes of China and its highly respected president when it launched though un, uh, unsuccessfully a missile today bad um, so that's the tweet from our uh, commander in chief this evening and uh, I'll retweet that um, <laughs> so but the problem is here that, what people don't realize is that the um, the proliferation of these nuclear weapons has increased greatly, well, over the last eight years, but to go even before that, to the Bush administration, to Clinton, 
They've all appeased North Korea, and now you have someone who, through propaganda in his own country, is taking advantage and trying to um, rile up his troops uh, to say that America is bad, that we are the problem. Uh, clearly, we're trying to maintain peace uh, in the region, and it's very difficult to do so when you have someone who seems to be very unstable uh, in Kim Jong-un. Um, today, American troops have mobilized near the Turkish-Syrian border. Uh, vehicles mobilizing along Syria's northern border with Turkey days after the Turkish Air Force killed dozens of American-backed Kurdish fighters in the region. Uh, this according to the Associated Press. New videos emerge online, appearing to show U.S. heavy armored vehicles moving in convoys near the Syrian town, uh, near a Syrian town, uh, Darbishia, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, hundreds of of feet from the Turkish border. Um, and we've already had, uh, this week, I think four uh, brave men have uh, have died in Afghanistan this week. Um, God bless them. We, you know, our prayers go out uh, to their families and, and to all of our troops uh, serving overseas. Um, you know, we are, people don't realize, but our interests are at stake. Um, our freedom is challenged every day, and this is not nothing new in terms of uh, the anti-American uh, sentiment, but we've been at war since 2001, and we've been fighting a uh, an enemy that is, is, well, it's radical Islamic terror, but it's not easily uh, defined, it's not easy to see, because it's an ideology. It's an abstract war that we're fighting, and we have our brave men and women continue to fight overseas. They continue um, to, unfortunately, uh, uh, some loss of life this week, and uh, and obviously in Syria as well. So this is something that is—it's an eye-opener. If people paid attention to politics for the first time because— of Donald Trump and because of his candidacy and the election and his presidency, I think in the long term that's only positive for the country if people start getting engaged uh, politically. And I don't care where you stand. I mean, you know where I stand. doesn't matter where you stand because um, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but when you start to see what the challenges are and you still attack our president, you still attack the office, despite um, the, uh, the challenges being so great. And if you're just paying attention for the first time and you didn't uh, and you don't understand that over the past eight years, we've had, you know, um, a military, uh, sequester that has really harmed our military, has uh, put our Air Force and our B-1 bombers and our jets and our naval ships in dilapidated conditions, preventing us from being prepared to fight an enemy that can only be defined as radical Islamic terrorism and a radical Islam ideology that seeks to destroy American values. That seeks to influence people in this wave of social media and new media that is um, infiltrating. And yet, what we hear from people is more outrage about our own country. Trust me, the, the human rights violations that are happening abroad and that are seeking to come here are damning enough to for anyone to get behind our commander-in-chief, to deal with this enemy and to fight it. And frankly, President Trump was elected for many reasons, but he was elected to eradicate ISIS off the face of the earth, okay? And with all of his uh, bombast in terms of uh, the way he says, knocking the hell out of him, that's warranted when you have a, such a vicious enemy, okay? that doesn't care about trigger warnings and doesn't care about tone. It's time to destroy them, and it's time that we come together as a nation. That was really my um, subject of the Real Deal 
uh, segment on last week's uh, program, the live streaming show, and really a theme that has gone through 100 days where people are not getting behind our presence still. After 100 days, they cannot still physically cannot or emotionally accept that Donald Trump is the president. Okay, They have to counter every holiday, every President's Day with not my President's Day, every um, anything that comes up, they need to make an anti-Trump rally. Uh, Earth Day has to be anti-Trump when we can't just accept the fact that, okay, we've cut some EPA regulations, but what it has it done? It's gotten uh, over 1.8 million Americans promised uh, jobs. We've gotten people in the coal and manufacturing industries back to work. 50,000 manufacturing jobs have come back. And all these jobs being created in 100 days. And the economy uh, with, um, uh, you know, with optimism going up 12% since the inauguration. Um, you know, you could be concerned about health care and what's the future of that. Well, Hopefully, and this plan seems like it's better. We'll we'll see with the the um, House vote, which wasn't put today. They did um, uh, be able to pass a were able to pass a bill today to um, to keep the government open another week. But um, you're having you have a president that's working at warp speed, or what some call Trump speed, because he works harder than anyone else, and. What he's been saying, and what he said in a writer's interview today, was that it's um, it's been a challenge. It's not as easy as he thought because you have all this bureaucracy, and he signed 13 congressional resolutions to cut down on bureaucracy. But he's had to deal with um, uh, you know a government that frankly doesn't work. Now I know I know the checks and balances make. Um, it difficult in general to pass legislation, and it was intentional so that no one person gains a lot of power. But we have a country that has struggled in eight years, um, whether it be on the economic front, whether it be militarily as a lined out, uh, as a um, as a laid out, or whether it be um, healthcare. Uh, you know, our judiciary, which seems to be very political, and everything is political today. Uh, immigration has been broken for decades. So, you know, you can look at any facet that has been, um, has really, we've seen a vicious downturn in policies in terms of, well, when you look at each policy, we've really seen a decline of American standing in the world when we're competing in, on education, economy. Uh, when we compete militarily. So it's got to change. That's why President Trump was elected. I just wish at this point people would say, okay, we get it. He's the president. Move on. You know, you look at something like this. Now, um, you know how passionate I am about uh, veterans' issues. And uh, really humbled this week. Every day I'm getting emails from veterans, which is very nice. Uh, and they are, I mean, I uh, get, speak with somebody a couple of days who um, is an Air Force and uh, Navy veteran, uh, just a remarkable woman who's who served her country, gave up her life for service. And the president has signed a couple of, resol- a couple of orders um, in terms of health care for veterans, allowing them to gain private health care. And just yesterday, President Trump signed an order creating accountability, creating an accountability office at the Veterans Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, President Trump created this, um, calling it a bold step forward. It will, the bill is um, Accountability and Whistleblower Protection Act. And basically what this does, and let me tell you a story about a doctor in Virginia. We've talked about it on the podcast here before, but... For you to understand, um, this doctor from uh, Virginia was blowing the whistle on the VA that there were, and listen, I, I know from a local VA in New York, or the only VA in New York that is in uh, Northport, Long Island, there are a lot of great employees, very dedicated, a lot of them are former are veterans themselves that take care of our uh, homeless veterans and those who are, um, who are uh, 
you know, have uh, challenges with PTSD uh, and other um, conditions. So there are remarkable employees, but there was a doctor in Virginia who truly wanted to do to make sure that he served these veterans quickly and got them the health care that they need and that they deserve. And he was blowing the whistle, and the Veterans Affairs Department told him, you cannot see patients anymore. You're going to sit here. You're going to earn your salary of, I think it was like $200,000, and you're just going to sit here and shut up. And that's what they told him. President Trump, of course, got wind of this, and um, they now signed this order. Uh, the White House did. President Trump did the accountability office to keep our uh, – bureaucratic VA accountable and make sure that, well, not only are they receiving private care, but the employees that are there are truly those that want to serve those, our heroes who served us, served our country. And then the whistleblower protection part of this act that's now law, which is really, again, not a political thing. It's just something that people have to realize that our president is doing, has a really tremendous heart that people don't see. And the whistleblower protection is to protect people like this doctor who went out of his way and put his, you know, practice on the line to say, listen, you're not doing the right thing. People cannot be waiting online for more than, you know, ex uh, really an hour, okay? They should be in and out, get their um, health care. They shouldn't have to wait a day. And that's the problem that's been going on in the VA at a lot of states. Virginia, one of them. Uh, Arizona has had a lot of issues as well. Common sense. Really common sense. Um, and so that was a big um, big check for me uh, to see that President Trump got done in 100 days. Uh, because when I go through and I have his contract up on my desk, you know, the contract with the American voter that he uh, published as a promise, to the American voters, and you look at that, and I go through the list, and I was looking at it today. Veterans gets a huge check, and thank and a thank you to the president. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, there are some, uh, you know, he's doing everything he can on his end that he can do. There were things that Congress, frankly, they need to move their ass uh, because it's been uh, it has been a hundred days of. Um, Democratic snowflake resistance that is holding our country back. It's been 100 days of establishment ploys. And frankly, I don't know how you're going to drain the swamp, but that's going to happen one way or the other. Uh, and we'll see how it gets done. I mean, Nancy Pelosi said, oh, well, Trump is supposed to drain the swamp. Look, he's running bankers. Okay, first of all, you know, to get the economy going it would be nice to have people that know how the economy runs, not politicians who have never hired anyone in their lives. On the second front, I agree we should drain the swamp. Hey, Nancy Pelosi, let me ask you this. Would you support term limits so that you and your cronies there in Washington are sent out, sent packing after an X amount of years? And frankly, um, you know, there's been a hiring freeze on non-essential workers. There's been a five-year lobbying ban on administration officials, President Trump's executive orders over the first 100 days. Well, term limits, which is going to be very difficult to pass through Congress, but you may have some uh, support from Republicans. You're not going to get support from Democrats, probably. Let's drain the swamp. Let's make sure that people that are serving for us truly serve for us. Um, more on that later, by the way, because President Trump kind of spoke to that a little bit. And I want to tie that in with immigration, which uh, Senator, or I always say Senator, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, former Senator Jeff Sessions, was on Long Island, New York today talking about the violent MS-13 gang. They come from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, and other Latin America uh, countries through the U.S.-Mexico border. That is a fact. There have been at least 11 young people killed on Long Island in recent weeks, according to the Associated Press. And, well, I'm going to go through the list for you. Um, and Senator, excuse me, Attorney General Sessions um, said that uh, this is a priority of the Trump administration. They are almost as bad as Al-Qaeda, which... Um, 
which is what he said today. Uh, and we are going to clean out, quote, the MS-13 scum. We're going to clean them out. Uh, they are in, they inhabit uh, populations, uh, if you know Long Island, New York at all, uh, Hempstead, New York, which is near Hofstra University and uh, near Adelphi on Long Island, um, ends in uh, Central Islip, which is uh, it, which is the middle of Long Island. Okay, and they inhabit these large areas. This MS-13 gang, and they're granted member. They're granted sanctuary. This is what the corrupt politicians have done, and they allow them. I mean, some of them have been deported multiple times. We had a sexual assault on Long Island, New York. A uh, number of weeks ago, we covered it for you and talked about it. Two-year-old, sexually assaulted, and the mother was beaten. And this is from someone who was deported four times. Okay, It's got to end, and it's got to end now. There is no reason why this should be a political point at all. This is common sense when you're dealing with people's lives from, from people who do not belong here. And Session said, we are targeting you. We are going after you. I love it. Okay? And there were protesters on Long Island today crying, saying, they're going after immigrants. No. They're going after criminal, illegal aliens who do not belong here. Well, first of all, they're going after criminals, period. Okay? Because you commit a crime, you do the time. And then, if you're an illegal immigrant and you're a criminal... You're getting the hell out of here, okay? Because you don't belong here. You don't come into our house and, and mess with us and push us around. You don't come into our backyard and murder our people. It's got to end, and it's got to end now. The 11 killings that happened on Long Island, they go back uh, to, what is the first one? June 3rd, 2016, an 18-year-old high school student was killed in June but the remains of his body were not recovered until October 17th, 2016. The U.S. Attorney's Office reports that murder charges have been brought against the suspects in his death. Illegal immigrants. September 13th, 2016, Brentwood High School students, Nisha Mickens, a 15-year-old, and Kayla Cueva, 16, were killed. According to the AP, the two friends, 15-year-old and a 16-year-old, were walking together on a street near their homes when men with baseball bats and a machete jumped out and attacked them. Prosecutors said that one of the victims, the 16-year-old, um, as in the months before her death, involved in a series of disputes of members and associates of MS-13. And so they retaliated and went after her. In September also, on the 16th of September, an innocent person on Long Island, a 19-year-old, was his body was found. And this is associated with the MS-13 gang member. All of these all of these cases. September 21, a 15-year-old who had been missing since last February was found dead. October 13th, a 34-year-old was found suffering mortal uh, uh, injuries on American Boulevard on Long Island, um, according to reports from the local ABC affiliate in New York. When officers arrived on the scene, the 34-year-old was still alive with injuries to his head and face, was pronounced dead later at the scene, and attacked by the MS-13 gang. In January of this year, a 29-year-old was gunned down inside a local deli. And just this month, last week, Long Island's most recent case of alleged gang killings occurred, it was two weeks ago, excuse me, the 12th of April, when the bodies of a 16-year-old, 18-year-old, or three 18-year-olds and a 16-year-old were found. And according to WABC in New York, relatives say that the victims were going to the park to meet with friends when they were attacked by a group carrying machetes, which is a typical MS-13 gang ploy. We have a problem here, okay? And it, and it goes to the fact that these gang members who do not belong here should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, should be gone after viciously, okay? And they have been granted sanctuary under the Obama policies. And we have mayors and local politicians who are preventing 
any acts of removal for these criminals who do not belong here. So let me ask you, what sanctuary do these 11 innocent teenagers have and their families? You know, they were killed by a vicious gang, all criminal legal aliens who recruit within our country, within the minority community, who are guaranteed Democratic votes. So let me ask you, okay, why are they in our country? Why aren't we going after them? And then, you know, I listen to these protesters who are saying, well, you know, this is nothing new. MS-13 has always been here. What's changed? Oh, let me, uh, what's changed? Let me answer that for you. We have an administration who is taking the law and enforcing it. We have an administration who is not going to bow down to drug and gang lords. Okay? We have a president who is working for the American people. Okay? And so what has changed? Well, you finally have a president who cares, who doesn't just want votes. Okay, because it's about protecting American citizens. Okay, and I listen to these protests. Well, nothing's new, and even the news in this article that I have here. Okay, and it reads, um, uh, while MS-13's presence in some of Long Island suburban communities is nothing new, that's how the sentence starts. Well, here's the problem: if this has gone on for 20 years and longer, well, it's time to change it. Just because something's gone on. Obviously, it's not right when you have killers killing American citizens and others that is pressuring to join the gangs. This is no way to live. And when you have over a thousand shootings in the city of Chicago in this year alone, with over 260 murders in Chicago this year alone, already at record numbers, beating out last year, when you have that going on and linked a lot to the MS-13 gangs, who are recruiting innocent kids from schools who are disadvantaged students who are in schools of that are not of their choice. This is all related. This is why President Trump was elected. This is why the 100 days so far have been moving towards law and order. If I had to put, if I had to summarize these 100 days, I would say law and order. It's about time they were taking the law and enforcing it. And this cannot go on. And we have to make sure that those disadvantaged kids in our inner cities like Chicago are put in schools that their parents choose. That these gang members cannot recruit and cannot ruin their lives without them having an opportunity to succeed. And so this is what's going on in our country today. Okay, It's sad. It really is. And it continues to go on. But... We're lucky that we have President Donald J. Trump. Speaking of whom, he was at the NRA earlier today, the first sitting president to visit the National Rifle Association since our 40th president, Ronald Reagan. Uh, we'll let you hear what he had to say uh, to the NRA today. Some highlights, plus draining the swamp. I talked about a little bit a little while ago. Well, our public servants. They're supposed to work for us, right? Well, President Trump kind of spoke to that. Just that lion Ted at Pocahontas. Uh, we'll cover that for you. And also students, um, they don't know their ass from their elbow. They don't know what are Trump policies and Obama policies. It's really scary. Snowflake segment coming up uh, for you on this Friday, the 28th of April. We're not going to lose. We're going to start winning again, and we're going to win big league. Big league winning on the Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast. We have big league content. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Are not. M2. Are not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. 
Yep, he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update! I'm gonna let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Not only great, we're going to be greater than ever before. You watch. You watch. Yes, you watch. Watch the Neil Crusoe Show Sundays at noon Eastern and listen to the Neil Crusoe Show podcast on neilacrusoe.com. Only one candidate in the general election came to speak to you, and that candidate is now the President of the United States standing before you again. I have a feeling that in the next election, you're going to be swamped with candidates, but you're not going to be wasting your time. You'll have plenty of those Democrats coming over, and you're going to say, no, sir, no, thank you. No, ma'am, perhaps, ma'am. It may be Pocahontas, remember that. But you came through for me, and I am going to come through for you. I was proud to receive the NRA's earliest endorsement in the history of the organization. And today, I am also proud to be the first sitting president to address the NRA Leadership Forum since our wonderful Ronald Reagan in 1983. And I want to thank each and every one of you, not only for your help, electing true friends of the Second Amendment, but for everything you do to defend our flag and our freedom. With your activism, you help safeguard the freedoms of our soldiers who have bled and died for us on the battlefields. But we have news that you've been waiting for for a long time. The eight-year assault on your Second Amendment freedoms has come to a crashing end. You have a true friend and champion in the White House. No longer will federal agencies be coming after law-abiding gun owners. No longer will the government be trying to undermine your rights and your freedoms as Americans. Instead, We will work with you by your side. We will work with the NRA to promote responsible gun ownership, to protect our wonderful hunters and their access to the very beautiful outdoors. For too long, Washington has gone after law-abiding gun owners while making life easier for criminals, drug dealers, traffickers, and gang members. MS-13, you know about MS-13? It's not pleasant for them anymore, folks. It's not pleasant for them anymore. Good. They deserve to be targeted. The president today, Donald Trump, at the NRA in Atlanta. So, um, you know, just to, we'll talk a little bit about guns today because obviously at the NRA, there were some controversy, you know, obviously perpetrated by the left. The thing is, what people don't realize is something, uh, to be honest with you, I did not fully understand until last couple couple of years when you start to um, understand uh, why guns are, are necessary in certain parts of the country. Um, we have a Second Amendment right, the right to bear arms. Um, and what President Trump is alluding to there is when he says, well, we're going to protect our Constitution, okay? Um, when that, when you look at the judiciary and you look at the appointment of um, Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, and he, that was such a key win for President Trump uh, to do so so quickly in 100 days, but also to protect uh, certain constitutional rights that liberal activist judges, you know, even those who give $400,000 to Barack Obama, okay, which shouldn't happen, and we talked about that earlier this week, and how a judge could be unbiased 
on an agenda uh, when he's taking up President Trump's uh, policies that are clearly against the last eight years of total anarchy. And he supported Obama, so he's going to rule in Obama's favor. Um, and so, you know, you have uh, a, uh, a Second Amendment right to own a gun, right? If you were a law-abiding citizen, you have no record, you were allowed to own a gun to protect yourself. Um, it's self-defense. It's not something you use. Um, in the South, in places of this country, there are people, especially the elderly, who will literally be robbed of blinds if they do not have a way to protect themselves. And that oftentimes is by a gun. The threat of a gun to a potential robber is, um, you know, is definitely um, uh, paramount to one's safety. So gun rights are important. Um, we have a right to bear arms for a reason because here's the deal. Let me take you to the Ohio State. I'm going to give you a couple examples. And one being a uh, terrorist attack on Ohio State University last year. There was a man who was wielding a knife, a radical Islamic terrorist who walked on campus, wielding uh, a knife, and there was scare and hysteria, and he drove a truck over students. It was horrific. And the person that saved the day was a police officer in Ohio who, with his gun, killed the terrorist and prevented further damage and loss of life on that campus that day. The gun saved the day. Also, when you have an ideology that we talked about in the last segment that will use anything as a mode of weaponry, a gun can go a long way in protecting that. And protecting you and your safety. Not to say that everyone should be carrying one. That's why there are different permits. Um, now, in a society where, let me give you uh, an example of Venezuela, a socialist society, you know, something that Bernie Sanders had promoted. And what boggles my mind is that people supported this socialist hypocrite. The three houses, you know, owns three houses in Bernie Sanders. And he wanted everyone to give up their wealth. Well, in Venezuela, not only do you have to give up your wealth, which goes to the corrupt um, regime in Venezuela, and they, while their citizens are literally sifting through garbage and feeding off trash, the um, rulers in Venezuela are getting rich off of it. And not only that... But the Venezuelan government and their corrupt military are the only ones that have weapons. You are not allowed to own a weapon as a Venezuelan citizen. What does this mean? If they seek to overthrow the country there, they will be met with guns and weapons that will kill them. If they had weapons to defend themselves, then maybe these people could seek refuge can get out of a restricting society of socialism that ends up feeding the elite, that ends up uh, hurting everyone, including the middle class, the rich, every single facet of society. You have the end of society as you know it in a socialist regime. And when they're taking away their right, well, they don't have rights there, to own weapons— uh, then it is the bad guys, it is the authoritarian regime, it is the fascists in Venezuela that have the weapons and, and we, or the Venezuelan citizens, do not have a right to defend themselves. So think about it that way. And that's why in a truly free society where we respect our laws, where we have a constitution, where we have the right to bear arms given by our Second Amendment, that right is crucial and really um, key to our survival as citizens that our government is kept accountable because they cannot turn on us and, in turn, make it an um, authoritarian government. Okay, But by removing weapons, as some on the left want to do, there's been a war on guns, by removing weapons, you are, you are removing 
the uh, the freedoms uh, that American citizens have in terms of their right to defend themselves from authoritarianism, from ideologies that seek to destroy our way of life. So think about it that way. Now, the president um, also talked about the role of public officials, and I found this very interesting. He starts talking about Lion's Head. And we're also joined by two people that, well, one I loved right from the beginning, the other one I really liked, didn't like, and now like a lot again. Does that make sense? Senator David Perdue, he was from the beginning, and Senator Ted Cruz, like, dislike, like. Where are they? Good guys. Good guys, smart cookies. Each of these leaders knows that public officials must serve under the Constitution, not above it. We all took an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, and that means defending the Second Amendment. So let me make a simple promise to every one of the freedom-loving Americans in the audience today. As your president, I will never, ever infringe on the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Never, ever. How important. And really, when I talk about uh, immigration, and not about the role of government, the role of government is to keep our citizens safe and to represent their best interests, our best interests, okay? And that's why we have the House of Representatives. We have a representative that we are supposed to be able to call by phone through to email them and to say, we we don't like what you're doing. And we want or we want you to do this on our behalf. They're our representatives and we don't we do not use our um, our rights to the fullest extent as we should. And so they're not held accountable. The role of public officials is to serve us. And so the corruptness that exists, and this is why we must drain the swamp, when you have the uh, you know a sanctuary policies that just boggles my mind because it allows gang members to come in here and to kill innocent civilians, Without a care, they don't care. They may show up to a funeral. They don't really care, okay? Because if they really cared, they wouldn't be in here in the first place. They would be deported, and they would be gone. And it's not a political issue at all to say that criminal, illegal aliens should be the hell out of our country. That is not a political statement. That is fact. You commit a crime, and you don't belong here in the first place. You're gone, Okay? And frankly, you can argue for more than that, okay? But I'm not going to go as far as to discuss the death penalty today. But there are certain cases when you have these gang members and drug lords that you could bring that up in the conversation. Now, Ted Cruz, speaking of Ted Cruz and Lion Ted, um, <laughs> some good nostalgic moments of the campaign. Lion Ted, such a liar. Uh, Lion Ted, okay, Ted Cruz uh, did come up with a great bill. I love it, okay? And he's clearly trying to get Trump's good side. But El Chapo, the drug kin kinpin, take the $14 billion that he profited off of through drugs that came in through our border and use that money as the mechanism to build the apparatus that will protect us. But the Democrats still won't support it. Even though they supported the wall in 2006, they didn't appropriate enough money, but they supported it. And it was a bipartisan effort post 9-11. Now, they just need to be resilient on anything. They don't want to protect the country because if they shut down the borders and they actually protect Americans and illegal immigrants don't flow in without proper vetting and proper uh, procedure, then they're going to lose votes because there's been illegal voting that's happened in our country, which if you look it up, there have been some recent stories about the illegal votings, uh, legal uh, votes that have been cast in this past election. Uh, so, you know, frankly, they put their own interests ahead of ours, and it's got to end, and it's got to end now. Speak up. Now, students, okay, these snowflakes, 
were confronted by uh, Campus Reform, which is a very, very good organization. Go on to campusreform.org. Um, they do some uh, some good investigative piece. They reveal a lot about what uh, is going on on college campuses. They put together this piece, Campus Reform did. They asked students about policies that, that what, weren't Trump's, but they said it was Trump's just to see if they were really paying attention. And they make some, well, you know, they really hate Trump. But the thing is, they don't realize that they actually don't like Obama's policies. And here's them answering questions about the first 100 days of Barack Hussein Obama's administration. Campus reform has to credit on this audio. Donald Trump, first 100 days, how do you think he's done? Horrible. Uh, he's kind of a He's uh, really just a liar, like pathologically, it's kind of insane. As of just recently, he's done a little bit of work that's not exactly beneficial to Planned Parenthood. We're a little wary of what's coming up. It's kind of scary <laughs> seeing, every, like, um, you know, you wake up every morning and then you see something ridiculous. And I'm surprised that with things he lies about, he has not been impeached or whatever, because, I mean, Bill Clinton was impeached for line. Uh, Trump recently went on uh, what was called an apology tour to countries like Egypt and Saudi Arabia, yeah. basically apologizing for the past eight years and saying, yeah. you know, there's a new sheriff in town, this old stuff's not going to fly. Him apologizing like that to the other countries, is it something that, uh, you know, you would like to see him stop doing? Oh, for sure. I really think he kind of overstepped his bounds. I think he's just trying to fix band-aids at this point, and it's not really working for him, so I think it's a bad thing for him. You know, you have to carry the image of the U.S., and he hasn't done that so well. The people he's apologizing to are not people he should be apologizing to. Saudi Arabia, the Gulf monarchies, dictatorships everywhere. I don't think it was up to him to apologize on behalf of a nation, especially with such opposition to him within the nation. He recently has been talking about a $700 billion jobs plan. He would tax people and then use that money to try and use the government to help create jobs. So is that something that you view positively or negatively? Um, gotta say, it kind of would be a little, definitely a more negative. So how is that going to help us if, you know, he's raising and creating jobs for people that aren't trying to get a higher education? Like Knowing that Donald Trump is the one proposing it probably means there's like some turd in the punch bowl somewhere. Like him bringing jobs, I just don't really see that happening. Using the government to do what states would do, that kind of goes against the whole platform. Really reminiscent of... Um, Weimar Germany, mm. uh, when there was a lot of hatred of foreigners taking jobs. I mean, same types of rhetoric. What's the shirt? Oh, this is just a communism shirt, man. Gotta love the hammer and sickle. <laughs> Gotta collectivize the means of production. The final um, thing that Trump has done is he changed some of the statutes of limitations on um, court cases. So um, basically making it easier for people to sue each other. Um, what do you think about that? Um, being in a law class right now, I, I don't like it at all. I think it would directly benefit Trump because Trump is a businessman by cutting down on regulations. He says it's for one reason, but it's just I just don't see him helping. That's pretty upsetting. I also think it's kind of ridiculous how he wants to, he was saying, loosen up the libel laws. Mm -hmm. I think it would make him money in the long run because I don't really think he's in it for the presidency. Like, I think he's in it for his own like personal gain. There's so many conflicts of interest and unanswered questions there. What if I told you? <laughs> All the things I was asking about were actually things that Obama did in his first 100 days. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. They have no idea what they're talking about, these snowflakes. It's unbelievable. Oh, you just gotta just shake your head because they really... Well, they don't show up to vote anyway, but they know nothing. Okay? These are all Obama's policies, just to recap. These are questions that were posed about Obama's policies said that there were Trumps and no one smartass here could figure out that the apology tour was done by Obama in his last 100 days. When he went to all of these nations and said, I'm so sorry, uh, we're weak, okay, under Obama. Not anymore, America's back. Um, what is so astounding, though, about this is that they just repeat canned lines that you actually hear in the mainstream media. Oh, well, I don't think his interests are one of the best people, uh, you know, best uh, interests of the people. No, Nancy Pelosi's interests aren't in the best interest of the people. Um, you know, Chuck Schumer's interests aren't in the best interest of the people. And I would say establishment Republicans as well, at least some of them. Um, especially when you look at the money that they get uh, and where it comes from. 
Um, you know, there are canned lines uh, about, uh, you know, I'm surprised I didn't hear anything about Russia there because that's the thing that always comes up, okay? And this is just, uh, just they repeat these lines, but in reality, they're, they don't even listen to the question because it had everything to do with Obama and not Trump. And they just so oppose him for some reason. They've been conditioned to believe that Donald Trump is such a uh, vicious person, that he is such a bad dude, okay? When in 100 days of his presidency, and yes, he's the president, so get over it, um, after 100 days, he has gotten more accomplished than Obama has done. He's done more for the economy already than Obama could even dream of with that stimulus package that just went, pfft, totally failed, okay? Um, so... That's the pro I mean, this is the uphill challenge that President Trump will face throughout this term and possibly if he gets a second term. Uh, people are just vehemently opposed to him, and they didn't think it was ever possible for him to win. They didn't think he'd come, They, you know, he's got no pass to 260. He is not, he's going to quit. He's going to pass it on to Pence. He's going to lose. He's going to get uh, destroyed. He's going to withdraw. He's going to do, okay, on and on. And guess what? He won. Okay, and America is better for it, um, at least I believe so. And when you look at the policy, and you look at the facts of the policies and what it has done for this economy and all that, um, then you can, uh, you can say, you can equate the first 100 days with success. Uh, but still, a lot has to be done. I'm not saying it's a complete, I wouldn't, honestly, to be honest with you, I don't know, what grade would I give it? I don't know if I would give it an A, okay? Just because... He has to get legislation passed through Congress, which is a challenge. I'm not saying Congress is not making it easy. Congress gets an F. Um, I don't know. I think I give Trump a A minus, maybe a B plus, but it's only because there's been a few things that have been challenged, and it's really the other, you know, when you have judges that are actively trying to destroy him, and you have Congress who is opposed to him, and we find out more and more, I mean, unmasking allegations today, I mean, you know, and... And how that they try to spy on him and really try to destroy him. They never thought that he would be present to find him. Sunday, we will go over the 100 days of the Trump presidency. Tomorrow is his 100th day and he has a big rally tomorrow night. We'll have a cover for you Sunday afternoon on NeilAcrusoe.com. Talk to you then. God bless you and God bless America. The Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast is a production of Crusoe Enterprises. Engaging, informing, and entertaining. Passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Crusoe on social media. And log on to NeilACrusoe.com to sign up for Crusoe's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.